what might you do if you received a mysterious delivery but had no idea who sent it? What if that unmarked package contained an old diary with no explanation? That's exactly what happened to Angela. The only clue was a note. It contained just six words that were stuck to the worn front cover of the thick leather-bound book filled with hundreds of handwritten pages. The note said, use this as you see fit. The last entry of the diary, which seems to be filled with personal stories involving cannabis, is dated April 20th, 2022. It's intriguing. Who wrote the diary? Where did it come from and why was it sent? Angela, along with her friend Brandon, are ready to explore the entries to learn more. Even though they have no idea who the author is or why the diary was anonymously sent, they're both committed to finding answers. On this podcast, we're exploring the diary and learning more about the experiences of whoever wrote it. Through that exploration, hopefully we'll solve the mystery of the diary and why Angela was trusted with this extraordinary responsibility. The Diary Mary is on the air. Wait, let me guess. Chicago. Uh, yes, that is my homage to Pat Hughes, who was, who got it into the Baseball Hall of Fame for being an announcer, and he's the best announcer of all time in the history of everything. Huh. Yes. So is that the equivalent of how people in this section of the the country, the Mid-Atlantic, specifically Philly, Jersey area, mm-hmm. um, feel about Harry Callis? Um, I would say probably there's maybe a stronger connection to Pat Hughes what? amongst the Chicagoans and Chicago Cubs fans. Why? Because it's like Harry Carey. Harry Carey was the was the big announcer back in the day for the Cubs whenever I was growing up. And so he was that was another thing. We have we have a strong connection to our to our uh, our heroes. But why do you think your connection is stronger than the connection here? And I'm genuinely curious because I don't know that if it's true or not. I I think it's just um I think it's just because he's better. Ooh, that's not nice. <laughs> and that is not very objective. Well, he was he would do a thing where he would, uh, or Pat Hughes, um, at the beginning of every game, he would uh, he would talk about what each of the players were wearing. So he'd be like, the Cubs today, they're wearing their blue socks along with red stirrups, white pants, black belts, and their striped pinstriped tops, <laughs> blue hats. A beautiful day here at Wrigley Field, 72 and sunny. I like everything about yeah, that. Exactly. He was he's just very descriptive. So yes. So that's that's why that's why I enjoyed him. So All right. And by the way, did you do anything that uh that challenged or made yourself enjoy your time this week? Well, I I challenged myself for this diary entry. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know how? How? So okay. So last time you had asked and and challenge accepted for me to find something about hemp. So I spent some time going through and found, you know, um, some enlightening information about hemp and Kentucky. So I wanted to try it a little differently. You might think this is weird. Mm -hmm. I made a list of random things. Okay. I made a list of 10 random things. Toaster. 
I mean, yes, like things like that. Uh, hat. Yeah, I mean, yes. Floor. It, com- it reminds me of, do you remember when we were kids and you would get the Highlights magazine and you would look for the items that were randomly drawn into that one, like, scene that you'd need to go through and look for the object? Oh, I... Do you have I, any idea what I'm talking about? I had zoo books. I don't even know what that is. That was like highlights, but it was with it was with animals. But for the Midwestern people? No, it was, it was around the entire country, and there was one that particularly terrified me because it had an up-close uh, picture of a tarantula's face. Ooh. Yeah, and so it always absolutely scared the heck out of me. Okay, so yes, random things could be a tarantula, mm-hmm. although that was not on my list. And uh, so I made a list of these objects and then started, picked a random spot in the diary, started turning pages. And the first one that I found um, was, would you like to do a drum roll now? Uh, uh, That sounded more like a gargle. And that also does not sound like a drum roll, but okay. You know what? Suspense. We don't need any more of that. So... A stamp ends up being the very first thing that I see when I like I'm flipping through and skimming some of the pages. And that is what led us to the diary entry from today. Oh, OK. Um, should we just hop right in? Are we ready? I'm pretty excited. OK, I think we could I think we could we could do that. Okay, so the entry that I end up coming across is dated February 5th, 1964. It was a beautiful day on February 5th, 1964. (laughs) The sun was shining. It was 72 degrees. I don't think it should have been 72 degrees in New Jersey on February 5th. (laughs) Although I don't know where this was, so maybe it was very warm. Fair point. (laughs) We don't know. Uh, All right, so it starts off, Dear Diary... A letter arrived from some of the family today. They must have sat down and written it together. Pot and dope have always been really tight, so I wasn't surprised. Hmm. Pot and dope. I bet they were just a ball of fun. Probably very forgetful. (laughs) Well, we learn a lot about the family, the very sizable family with each entry. These are the ones that can't keep a a set of keys between them. (laughs) So, yes, Pot and Dope star in this particular entry. So they were visiting Portugal and shared more all about the friendly and kind people they had met. They meet friendly people everywhere. We all do. It's common that people are drawn to us. They shared a story about, and, and you know what? Mm. I, I actually made a note to myself to ask you about this because I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Um, they shared a story about Fado or Fado, which is a type of Portuguese music. Mm. Does this, uh, yeah, you're a musician. Does this sound familiar to you? Mm, this does not. Though the word Fado, I mean, I've seen, uh, I've seen like Irish bars named Fado, so, mm-hmm. so okay, I don't, I don't know. Well, um, I, let's just commit to pronouncing it. How did you just say it? Fado. Fado. So I'm going to pronounce it Fado. Okay. But 
I will look into it more later to make sure that I know what the correct pronunciation is. Okay. Because that matters to me. So, uh, a story about Fado, which is a type of Portuguese music. What's funny is that I just met someone that emigrated out of Portugal. Lots of people are these days. That's a parenthetical aside. Mm -hmm. And he was just telling me about Fado. So I guess the universe wants to make sure I know what it is. Well, I don't know what it is. Would you like to? Sure. Okay, I had that ready and, and, and ready to go for you because I knew that you would end up asking. Okay, so this is what I've learned about Fado, which is loosely translated as destiny or fate. So it's a music genre, which, and oh, and I'm looking at Wikipedia. I understand that Wikipedia does not always have um, all of the accurate information, but this, I looked over it. It's a good starting point and it led to other good uh, uh, resources. Okay, so it's a music genre that can be traced from the 1820s, but possibly with much earlier origins. It is characterized by mournful tunes and lyrics, often about the sea or the life of the poor. Arr. I did not say pirates. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I guess with like the sea, that makes sense. But it's like the sad sea. Oh, arr. Like, you know, when when you're feeling kind of blue and you go to the, the ocean, you go to the Jersey Shore... By yourself in February Mm. and you just kind of think you stare out at the water and think about things. Okay. Contemplative. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where I'm at with this. But again, that's just, I don't know that I'm right. Mm -hmm. Um, The music is usually linked to the Portuguese word. um, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to attempt it, but it's S-A-U-D-A-D-E. Sadaud? Sadaud? Saudade. A unique word with no accurate translation in any other language. Uh, And then there's a little note that says homesickness has an approximate meaning. It's kind of a longing and conveys a complex mixture of mainly nostalgia, but also sadness, pain, happiness, and love. You know... There's us, a lot going us, on there. Us, us uh, Westerners, English Westerners, you know that we're not, we're not very, like, our words are very to the point, you know. Like whenever we have a thing, we got a word and that explains that thing. And it seems every every other culture is better at like kind of conveying an entire emotion by having like a word for something that means like thirty things at once. Maybe we should have more words like that. We can lead the charge. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Spelkel. <laughs> um, so that gives a little bit of background to um, this Fado music. There's there's more information here about where it comes from. Um, and, and one of the traditions is that to applaud Fado in Lisbon, you clap your hands. And in Coimbra, you cough as if clearing your throat. <clears throat> So that's how you indicate like job well done. And then even lower in like a different section, it says the ingredients of Fado are uh, a guitar, a voice, a shawl and a heartfelt emotion. 
a, sh- a shawl, like yeah. an old lady's <laughs> thing that goes around, like that keeps you warm. Well, it is February. I mean, in, in this particular entry, yes, but I think a shawl, like you know, you're just so sad. Your shoulders are cold. Yeah. So huh. let's let's get them covered up and warmed. Okay. So that's a little bit that I've learned about um, Fado. And another thing that I've done, because I was prepared to share this with you today, yes. is that I did look up, um, uh, there was a note in this particular entry that um, Mary met someone that had just emigrated out of Portugal. Mm-hmm. And um, it it is in fact true that in the 60s, there was a huge um, uh, a number of um, Portuguese immigrants that arrived in the United States. Really? So my guess is that Mary was somewhere in the U.S. Okay. Uh, or possibly in the U.S. based on that. So that's just another, you know, corroborated point. Yeah. While the story was interesting, I was more intrigued in the stamp they used to mail me the letter. When I saw the rust-colored stamp with a familiar face on it, I squealed with joy. <laughs> Guess who I spotted on that stamp? Garcia de Orta was a brilliant man. When I heard about what they did to his body in the late 1500s, it was heartbreaking. What did they do? <laughs> I figured you'd ask. Um, so, uh, do you want to know who Garcia de Orta is? Actually, that would probably be a, a great, I've heard, I've heard the name, but I'm not really totally familiar. So, um, Garcia de Orta, and hopefully I'm saying that correctly, um, is a botanist that becomes a doctor and in 1563 ends up publishing uh, a book. Um, and this, this first word, I'm not sure I'm going to get it right, but colloquies on the simple and drugs and medical matters of India and of a few fruits. That's like the loose translation of it. So if you want to find it, you could just type that into Amazon. Find that really easily. (laughs) Well, and so another translation is conversations on the simples, drugs, and materia medica of Indica. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, not of Indica, of India. So conversations on the simples, drugs, and materia medica of India. So there's a couple of different translations of this title that I have found. and But this book was uh, published in 1563. And um, I did read somewhere, although I have not um, confirmed this with another source, that it was uh, a little famous for being the first non-religious book printed. Mm. Um and and I'm not sure where the printing took place, so we'll need to look into that. First non-religious book ever printed, like in the world? I don't know that it's in the world or what the region was, but that was a note somewhere, so I'm going to have to check it out. Um, So he, in this text, as well as a bunch of other things, right? So it wasn't something... Um, it wasn't only about cannabis, um, but there was mention of cannabis, which is why I assume that Mary is, you know, particularly interested in, um, you know, Garcia de Orta's life and work. 
So, um, and, and the, the reference to bong, and I don't know if I'm saying that correctly either, um, which it cannabis, uh, and that was the, an, an Indian version, uh, an Indian term, um, a term in India that referenced cannabis, uh, that he records the psychoactive effects and, and, and records the psychoactive effects in a way that is, um, uh, accurate, right? Not, mm-hmm. not trying to push, not trying to be for or against, but no agenda. Yeah, I don't get the sense that there was an agenda there. So I didn't get a chance to tell you about what happened with him. So in the 1500s, he goes to India. He left Portugal and goes to India. And um, he he seems to escape the Inquisition. um, But his family is not so lucky. And in um, in the late 1560s, uh, his family was tortured because they were um, people thought that they were Jewish. Hmm. So they find out that he was, and the family was. So he passes away in 1568, I think. And uh, they find out that his family, including his sister, they were tortured, and they end up um, exhuming his body. Inquisitors end up exhuming his body uh, around 1580, specifically to burn it along with copies of his book. Well, as Monty Python says, no one escapes the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) That just proves it right there. (laughs) I suppose you are correct. Um, so that Garcia de Orta, you know, this entry is dated 1964 and I can, uh, I can say that it's corroborated that there was a stamp that was released, um, to honor him by, uh, in Portugal. In, in 1964? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so actually I think it was maybe the year before. Yeah, they, they usually re- release stamps a year before. Well, no, no, I'm a year before what? When they're released. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's back up for a second. <laughs> so there's lots of lots of history in this one. Yes. So they released the stamp in 1963. Okay. And then Mary gets this letter. In February of 1964 that has his picture on it because he's being honored because of his contributions to the field of botany and medicine. Yep. And he was highly respected. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that that the terrible account of what happened to him, uh, his I guess his body after they found out that he was, in fact, Jewish. And I believe there's more to the story about. like there, the copies of his book, this this publication, um, the, the conversations of simple drugs and medical information, whatever the translation that you look at, um, makes a reference to. So they end up um, burning as a lot of copies of his book, so that there was only like one or two left, and 
thankfully that ends up being translated later into a bunch of different other languages and not all of the information in it is correct too because we'd want to note that it, you know it's the 1500s this is they're they're still finding their way when it comes to medicine and practices and I think that the notable part is that there is this you know acknowledgement of cannabis being used as not a cure but a treatment of and and we know from lots of other entries and resources that lots of different ailments or conditions it was a very crude form of wikipedia that they had back then <laughs> essentially they would just write on the floor like on the ground like in the dirt and then somebody would come along and then cross something out and rewrite over top of it well yes so that makes perfect sense and makes me feel a little less guilty about reading all this Wikipedia stuff to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because Wikipedia is not, it is it has a lot of good information as long as you do your homework and as long as you don't students, use it for your homework. Well, it's a good starting point. But yes, Wikipedia mm -hmm. shouldn't be your only go to. What they did to his body in the late 1500s, it was heartbreaking. His book changed everything, which is probably why they put him on the stamp. Heck, his face should be everywhere. I know that uh, in it, he looks at two things. Oh, she's referring to the book, I think. Mm -hmm. I know that in it, he looks at two things, botany and the origins and descriptions and treatments of certain diseases. Yeah, she really likes this book. Apparently. Yeah, she's just all about the book. And, I mean, this was this was cutting-edge stuff, and it was a big deal that they had saved copies from being destroyed um, after the fact. Yeah. He was an outspoken fan of our family for a long time. Maybe fan isn't the right word. Maybe it's more like he was an outspoken truth-teller. Mm-hmm. Um, when he wrote about foolish language and how sometimes the tears came, I hear the truths and appreciated all that he did. Um, when he, like, the, the truths came, the, like, the tears came. Oh, like, okay. When she writes about foolish laughter and the tears came, I pulled this from, um, an entry in Da Orta's book. And it goes through and provides a direct quote. So I'll read you some of it. It is not flax for the seed is smaller and not white. And the Indians eat either the seeds or the pounded leaves to assist or quiet the women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud that you didn't say anything as I continue to talk at you about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every day is getting better. <laughs> <laughs> they also take it for another purpose to give an appetite. Mm. Our writers say that the branches have much inside and the little rind, which is contrary to what the flax has. They make the press leaves, sometimes with the seeds, into a powder to profit from its uses is for the man to be beside himself and to be raised above all cares and anxieties. And it makes him break into a foolish laugh. 
I hear that many women take it when they want to dally and flirt with men. Yeah. (laughs) It is also said, but it might not be true, that the great captains of ancient times used, uh, used to drink it with wine or opium that they might rest from their work and be without care and be able to sleep. And it goes on to dis- like to, to like this little account um, is, de- you know, describes some of the effects that it has. Uh, this was made into an electuary with sugar and spices and was called Maju, M-A-J-U. Had it this pleasant effect on everybody? It may be that it's had this effect when we have become accustomed to it. I myself saw a Portuguese jester who was for a long time in, I have no idea how to pronounce that, Balaguat, eat a slice or two of the electuary, and at night he was pleasantly intoxicated. His utterance was not intelligible. Then he became sad, began to shed tears, and was plunged into grief. Oh. I know. Sounds like a bad trip. In his case, the effect was sadness and nausea. Those of my servants who took it unknown to me said that it made them so as not to feel work, to be very happy, and to have a craving for food. I believe that it is generally used and by such a number of people that there is no mystery about it. You know, oddly enough, this was whenever the couch was invented. Garcia de Orta does not like great. So there's no agenda that I'm reading here from this uh, short excerpt from one of his writings. Yeah. But just an account of what happens. And we know that every body that comes to uh, a space where cannabis is involved is different. Every strain's different. And the effect is different depending on the headspace you're in or the physical state you're in before you consume. Mm hmm. Um, all right. So there's a little bit more. Do you want me to finish? Yeah. Uh, okay. His work wasn't just about me and my family, but all kinds of families and truths. People that stand up and tell the truth, even when others don't like it, should be celebrated. Normally, I only keep the letters that I receive, but this time I'm keeping the letter and the envelope. I like being reminded of Garcia de Orta. Cool. Do you have the Do you have the stamp on you? Uh, you know what? I pulled up a picture of the stamp. It, there wasn't there. There was nothing else in the book. Mm. Um, that in the diary that I could come across. I thought maybe I'd flip through and find yeah. it, but I can show you a picture of the. I'll just text it to you later. Okay. Um, so you can see his what his face looked like on the stamped. Was it in profile? No. Is that what you'd want your stamp your stamp to be if you were on I'd, a stamp? I'd want my stamp to I'd want to want to look like one of those like eighties headshots with like feathered hair. <laughs> like the glamour shots kind. Yes, a glamour shot Where with your, the soft your fist is yeah, like your fist underneath chin my is under ever my chin. So gently kind of propped on it. Yeah. And then just with like a, with like a little like soft glow around it. The Barbara Walters glow. Huh. Yeah. Whenever they would, whenever they would shoot her, whenever she was doing interviews, they would always use like a soft, like a soft focus effect on her. So it gave her like a, like kind of like a soft focus glow. How do you know that? 
Let's. I mean, not that I don't believe you. That's not wasn't meant to sound um, accusatory. No, I, I, that's just, just something I've picked up over the years, just by you know little stories about. I, I think I had a professor once that told me that in a in like a film class or okay. in like a production class, and then I, and then I'd heard a couple other people's people call it that as well too. Okay, I believe you. Yeah, I believe you about Barbara Walters. I understand that it's really is your turn to pick because I picked this last go round and found the stamp, which led us to Garcia de Orta and yes. his um, his fifteen sixty three um, really pioneer medical printing book printed book. Um, but here's the thing. Yeah. Do you know what's coming up? No. May twentieth. Okay. Do you know what that is? Uh, I think the Cubs are playing the, I'd have to look on the schedule <laughs> to see. I really, are they playing the Phillies? They might be playing the Phillies. I, I really genuinely think that Chicago should be doing what they can to compensate you for all that you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Well, what's on May 20th? May the 20th is, uh... You know, the next time that we'll be looking at a diary entry and May the 20th looked familiar to me. I knew I'd seen it recently. There was a very interesting figure in cannabis history. And I can't say interesting good. I would say more interesting not good. Uh, that was born on May. Who was born on May 20th? And that was Harry Anslinger. Boo. And... We don't like him. We really don't. But I feel like this is this is the right the universe. Just like they wanted the universe wanted Mary to learn more about Fado music. I saw May twentieth. Uh, May twentieth is our next um, diary entry. So I'm pushing for us to find something about Harry. Can we rip him a new Anslinger? <laughs> Uh, very well done. Thank you. Um, and sure. And as and as and as they say in Lisbon. <coughs> Join us next time for use this as you see fit, the Diary of Mary. <laughs>